Do not turn aside from following the Lord, but serve the Lord with all your heart. And do not turn aside after useless things that cannot profit or save, for they are useless. 1 Samuel 12, 20 through 21. Hey everybody, I'm Reagan Gilliland. And I'm Stephanie Reed Meyer. And this is Offscript, the podcast where every week we take a deeper dive on last Sunday's sermon, talk about theology behind it, get a chance to maybe talk about the parts that didn't make it in, things that ended up on the cutting room floor, and I'm super excited because I'm talking to Stephanie, not Chris, so <laughs> ha, there's that. Yes. Um, so interesting, so yesterday uh, we were in week three of our White Church series. I was not in service, but I did watch it. I noticed your absence. And yes. It hurt me. (laughs) Deeply. Yep. Mainly when you were doing all 15 parts. By myself. It was the Stephanie show, some may say, (laughs) which is really what I prefer. I figured. Yeah. You're waiting for your face to be like on the sign. I ran the church yesterday. (laughs) Sure did. (laughs) You're welcome, everyone. Yep. Um, But are you enjoying this series? You've preached it every week. So... That's true. That is true. I love this series, and I feel like I say that every week in my sermon, but I really mean it. Uh, it's super fun to talk about the church, like our church. We work here. We love it. Like, mm-hmm. I don't come to church or come to work and dread it every day. Like, the ministries, they really, um, they're vibrant and they're thriving. And so it's been easy. It's almost been fun writing sermons. Well, that's good. Yeah. Because they're not always super fun to write. Sometimes they're just difficult to yeah. kind of make those connections, and these just seem to come easily, which is a nice thing. Yeah, that's really nice. Um, okay, so yesterday the highlight was talking about serving. Uh, so you got to lift up the Serving Others Ministry. Super easy because they do so much. So they do a lot, a lot, a lot. Their spreadsheet is very overwhelming every time I look at it of all yeah. the things we do. I tried to list out everything. We'll talk about that later probably. And <laughs> I just, there's so much. Yeah. It's hard to list it all. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and jump into your sermon. So you kind of talk about how you got here and how you got the job and how you loved the church kind of from the get go. Also, you pointed not to the North parking lot at the 11 o'clock. You're like over here. I was like, that's not the parking lot. Stop. <laughs> I thought I was so accurate. Like in my head, nope. I am always good at knowing where North, South, East and West nope. are. But when I'm nope. in the sanctuary, apparently not. No, nope. I was like, oh, that's not where it was. But it's fine. <laughs> Thanks, Ray. You're, <laughs> You're calling welcome. me out <laughs> from the get go. <laughs> um, okay. So you, um, so you've been here quite a while since. 2014? Yeah. What's the math on that? Let's see. Divide Eight? and carry the one. No. I'm Seven? Just <laughs> I don't know. A long time. A long time. And um, and you started a youth ministry. And so there's a lot of serving in that, which I'm sure we'll talk about too. Um, but you said something at the very beginning that I really want to kind of dive into is you say you don't even have to be a person of faith to serve. Yep. Does that rub you wrong, Reagan? Not necessarily, (laughs) but so I think sometimes Christians have this habit of kind of taking on this like, oh, we're greater than thou Mm -hmm. mentality. Um, And I really have seen people who don't believe in God 
who go out and do really big, great, world-changing things. Mm -hmm. And so I see God in that, but they wouldn't identify God in that moment. Um, And so I don't think as Christians that we have some monopoly on serving Mm -hmm. or even in faith. Um, I think that service can happen anytime you decide to acknowledge someone else's humanity and you reach out to them in whatever way is relevant at the moment. And so, yeah, I started off, I guess, with something that could be controversial. It's a little bit. Yeah. But I think it's good. I think I completely agree with you that I think sometimes Christians think we're the only ones that serve right or serve correctly, maybe. Yeah. Um, And we may get to this a little later. I think often, though. I would say that Christians probably serve for the wrong reasons sometimes. 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 Um, And the people that maybe don't have faith that like, or don't have like identified relationship with God really are serving out of this like genuine, like they see the need in the world. They feel called and compelled, which for us, we're like, well, that's totally like the Holy Spirit kind of strange. We can identify that. We can see it. We can identify it. Um, But yeah, I think sometimes people think. I don't know. I think there's a lot of people that don't identify with the church that are much better examples of being living a life of service than some of us that like know, know it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, I think there are people who serve better than I do, you know, out mm-hmm. in the world regardless. Um, I think sometimes it's tempting too to think only good people are Christians. Mm, there are yeah. good people who don't believe in God. Yeah. Like, that doesn't make them a bad person. Right. And I don't know if that's kind of the history of the church and the whole like deciding, oh, well, they're going to hell because they don't believe in God sort of mentality. Yeah. That's kind of yeah. yeah. Um, and so I think it's important for us to recognize the good in all people. Mm-hmm. And part of that is that we serve the world. Um, for us as Christians, we do that because we follow Jesus' example. Mm-hmm. Um, but I do think it's fair to say that we're not the only ones that serve. Mm-hmm. No, for sure. Um, so what do you think is the motivation for people to serve, whether Christian, not Christian? Does that vary? What do you yeah, think? I think it, there's a bajillion different reasons. Um, I do think I say that we shouldn't serve out of obligation, but I do think like especially high school students, they're trying to get like service hours mm-hmm. for NHS or whatever that looks like. Um, and they're just checking a box. Which, even when they're checking that box, good is still happening. Mm-hmm. So that's something. Um, but for us, I think that we serve because we care about one another. Um, we serve because we want to make the world a better place. As Christians, we serve to bring about the kingdom of God here on earth. So there are a lot of different reasons why people serve. Some people may serve because, you know, maybe their family every Christmas went and prepared Christmas dinner um, for families who were homebound or whatever that looks like. So there are a different reason for everyone. Um, and I think it's important maybe for us to even look at why we serve ourselves. Mm-hmm. Are we doing it out of like an obligation or because it's checking a box or is there something like genuinely stirring in our hearts that moves us to do that? And I think we may all have kind of different answers. Mm-hmm. Do you think, um, I feel like sometimes, and I'm completely guilty of this, of serving to get attention for it yeah, too. Yeah. Like, I think there's a lot of people that, um, you know, they, everything's on social media, like here's me and my family serving together. Yeah. Or like here, um, I, I was driving and there's this guy on the side of the road and they just tell him they make themselves the, the hero, Yeah, which we learned <clears> that in like sermons, like don't make yourself the hero Correct. of the but sermon. But it's kind of hard <laughs> sometimes. Um, cause we're so good. Cause we're so awesome. <laughs> um, 
No, but I think sometimes there's a motivation of like, I want to show the world how good I am. And yeah. that's, that's, that's a slippery slope a little bit. Yeah. And it really is dicey. Um, it's kind of like, I always go back to Jonah, but you know, even when he's running from God, God's still glorified. So even when we're doing these things, mm-hmm. maybe not for the best reasons, People are hopefully still being helped in them. And so even in retrospect, we can look back and be like, okay, maybe my heart wasn't in the right place, but these people were served. So what can I change and do differently? But I think that is a, is a real thing that people feel. Yeah. Their motivations may not always be pure. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of the whole, like doing things in secret and not. Yeah. Yeah. Go pray in your closet. Yeah. With ash on your head. Right. So it's that kind of like, I get wanting to bring attention to things like, like are serving others, they post about everything they do, which is good because it's about yeah. bringing. Yes, it's, yes, know, that's, that's a good thing. That's a good thing. <laughs> um, but like when it's just you sharing about, like I don't know, it's I don't know, it's Some, a slippery slope. Yeah, because I mean, maybe you're saying, "Hey, I served here, and they need volunteers. Like mm-hmm. you should also serve there." You know, it's all yes. It's like you can't know someone else's heart, right? And which so this is, is hard. Is, this is me being a little judgy. I'm yeah, just going to throw Brandon's that out there. So judgy, so judgy. But she doesn't know their hearts. <laughs> I don't know their hearts. Bottom line, people serve for a lot of different reasons. Yeah, for sure. Um, I'm trying to think. Oh, I did not give you this in the like prescript. But is there any kind of serving that you don't like enjoy? <laughs> I'm um, not super great at talking to random people. Okay. So often in youth ministry particular, we would go um, to soup kitchens or homeless shelters, and I always really preferred to be sorting clothes or cooking or doing something. Sitting and talking is not like my comfortable place. Okay. And not because it was anyone there. I really don't even love here out in the atrium, like just randomly talking to people. Um, and really, I feel God pushing me to do that more. Um, and so even in those moments when I was on, with youth at a homeless shelter, when I did sit down and talk to people, those were the most impactful moments, mm-hmm. kind of because it was super uncomfortable for me. Um, so I'm seeing the beauty in going outside of my comfort zone. And that's a hard thing. Mm-hmm. It's hard to do that. Yeah. Is there something you don't like doing? So also that sounds really rude. I don't like talking to people. I like talking to people. It's just not always comfortable. Yeah. I think that's fair. Um, so I, I'm kind of hit or miss on like international mission trips. Yeah. So, and maybe it's because I haven't been on, I've only been on like one where I felt like I was actually doing good work and not just going there and not really actually helping them. Yeah. Like not sustainable. Yes. And so that's where, and of course there's like plenty of mission trips that internet, I think international is, is very hard to pull it off where you feel like you're actually making a difference. Um, so that's kind of where I struggle when people yeah, are, don't yeah. you want to go like to this exotic place? And I'm like, I mean, I do, but like, I don't want to go just because I want to go see a pretty place. Like I want to go and actually feel like, Right. Here comes the white savior, you know? Yeah. Not a great look. That's, I don't know. So that's where I am. That's yeah. Where. And it's so hard because those international groups do do good things. Yes. But it's finding that right fit. And I think that's an important part of serving too, is knowing who you're serving through and their like relationship with that mm-hmm. community. Um, because sometimes 
it's easy to go in and put a Band-Aid on something right. without actually going in and helping. There's this great book called When um, Helping Hurts. Yes. Uh, and that really kind of gives us a some insight into those moments where people have gone in with the intent to help, but really made things worse. Yeah. So how do we, how are we intentional about our serving? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I like, we're part of our mission is to like to transform like lives. So like, how are you actually doing things that like make a shift and a change rather than like you said, a bandaid. Yes. Yeah. Um, okay. So do you think for Christian, does faith come first and then they're compelled to serve or is it the other way? So for me, I believe that serving comes first. Okay. (laughs) So I have seen a lot of people who enter the church because they served with a group first. They may have um, abandoned the whole church idea. They may not even really like that, but caring for others is important to them. So I've seen them go and serve. Maybe it's a youth on a mission trip or someone um, who goes to help at street side showers. And once they do that first entry level thing, that's with our church serving, then they're like, huh, these people I'm with are great. What are they doing? Why are they doing this? Like, why is this intertwined in their faith? And then they become involved in other ways. So for me, I think service is kind of this great entry into the life of the church. Um, I think that faith is part of why we serve, but I don't, like I said, I don't think it has to be. So I think serving could be a really cool way for people to kind of learn more about Jesus and why we do what we do. Wrong answer. No, I'm just kidding. No. <laughs> uh, I'm like striking out every answer. Every answer. Me. Just going to put a check mark. Stop. <laughs> but I really do. I think that some people feel this like, you know, I want to serve. Oh, this church is doing this cool thing. I'll go with them. And then while they're there, you they're like, man, what was that pull that made me do that? And mm-hmm. then they identify that as God. So I think that those can happen. It can probably happen either way. Yeah, I'd say either way. Yeah. Kind of like. You know, John Wesley with whole like communion, he thought like people could like in that moment. Yeah. Believe. And so. Yeah. And John Wesley thought you could fake it till you make it. Yeah. So I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm so glad we have John Wesley. <laughs> uh, Helps yes. the rest of us. Um, okay. So let's go ahead and talk about your scripture. You uh, talk about Samuel. Yep. And let's talk about Samuel's thoughts about having a king. What was he worried about? Why was he not down with it? All that. Yeah, yeah. So something that really set the Israelites um, aside from everyone else of that time is that they didn't have a king. Um, that's kind of what made them unique. It's kind of what made them um, who they were. And so the fact that they wanted what every other nation and culture had, um, Samuel saw that kind of as like a shallow thing. Like, oh, you just want to be like everyone else. Mm-hmm. Uh, Samuel also feared that... Uh, a king would abuse the power they were given that right now before having a king um, they've had judges they've had priests they've had people who communicate with God and Samuel was afraid that this person would not have that religious aspect almost or that um, they would do what's best for them and not what's best for the people or what God is calling them to do okay because probably the example around them was like that's what he witnessed when they saw a king. Correct. So he's like, this is going to be our story too. This is a red flag. Now that you guys want a king, like this is where we're headed. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, honestly, Samuel thought you have a king. God is your king. Yeah. Like, why do you need 
this. Um, and so I think Samuel was a little judgy of the people. But when Samuel spoke to God about the people wanting a king, I love God's response to Samuel because God says, this isn't a reflection of them rejecting you. Mm. Instead, they're rejecting me like they do all the time. I'm used to it. Welcome to the club. <laughs> Feels um, good. <laughs> and so, I mean, God is the one who tells Samuel, give them a king. That's what they want. They keep pushing me away. Maybe this will be what works for them. Um, and God tells Samuel though, that when he does appoint a king, when a point, when Samuel anoints a king, that the people need to know what to expect of a king. They need to know, like, here's examples of kings in the past and all the bad they've done. So Samuel actually goes on and on in chapter eight, uh, chapter five, about all the bad things that happen to past kings, which is interesting. Okay. So he's trying, is it, is it his attempt to be like, okay, is this what you really want? Yes. Okay. Yep. Is what you have to look forward to maybe. Yeah. (laughs) Warn them how, so I have written down in my notes, warn them how a king will operate, (laughs) which is really funny. Um, some background on Samuel. I talk about this in my sermon, but Samuel is who, uh, is dedicated to the church by his mom who couldn't have a child. And then when she does, she gives him back to God. So while Samuel is in the temple, he is under Eli, who's the priest at the time. And there's this whole story about the calling, which I'm sure we've all heard. I think Chris and I preached about it last year too. Um, but that Eli Samuel believes Eli's calling him, but really it's God calling him in the night. Um, and I feel like a lot of people use that story as like, God is calling us to go serve, to do things. So maybe that would have been a better text uh, for this sermon. But you chose this one. So why did you choose <laughs> I did this choose one? one. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll tell you in a minute. Okay. But the thing about the call story that people gloss over is that when Samuel says, Hey God, it's me. God isn't just like, okay, hey, Samuel, you're going to be magical and beautiful, and I'm so glad. Actually, God says, I'm going to use you as my voice out in the world, and your first task is to tell Eli, the priest who's kind of mentoring you, that his whole family is going to be destroyed, Mm -hmm. which isn't a a cool call story. It's a rough first day of work. Right? Yeah. And so I think we kind of make this story into some beautiful thing when really this child is asked to tell a grown man that his entire family is going to be destroyed. Mm -hmm. Um, And Samuel does it. He doesn't back down. He stands up to Eli and says, God says, God's going to destroy you, Um, which is a really scary thing. But I think that we see that side of Samuel again when the people ask for a king because he doesn't sugarcoat it. He tells them a king's going to do all of these things. So we see this kind of blunt honesty from Samuel to the people around him time and time again, which I think is kind of a cool connection. Yeah. Why did I pick this scripture? Yeah. So in the scripture, they talk about serving a lot. Okay. Also, I really, really love Samuel. I okay. think we should do a sermon series on Samuel. All right. Some people would argue that Samuel is like the prime example of a prophet and someone who listens to God's voice. We don't see a lot that Samuel messes up on. Mm. And that's not to say Samuel's a perfect person. I'm not saying Samuel's the new Jesus. Get with it. Um, But he's a really cool figure um, who has a really kind of um, great story. He actually leads 
the people to fight against the Philistines who have oppressed them for 20 years. Um, there's just all this stuff that I don't think we talk about or know about. Yeah, and no. so I wanted to kind of give us a glimpse a little deeper into Samuel and maybe uh, encourage some people to read the whole story. Okay. Chris, if you're listening, we should do a Samuel. <laughs> yeah, it's but, a real spicy, cool thing to do. But not till 2023 because we have 2022. Plan? <laughs> already planned out. It's already planned. So, so there's that. Maybe I'll just do a little study on this. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so anything else in the scripture that didn't make it into the sermon? I mean, you just kind of talked about I some know. stuff. I'm telling you, Reagan, this is really a double-edged sword because I could talk about Samuel all day long. Okay. Okay. This didn't make it in the sermon because it's not relevant to the sermon. That's but fine. you all should know this because it's a cool story. So as Samuel grows up, the Philistines are oppressing the Israelites. This is before Samuel defeats them. Okay. And so they go to battle and the Israelites go to battle and they're like, you know, we really need the strength of God on our side. So they decide to bring the Ark of the Covenant with them to battle. So the Ark of the Covenant is like the holiest thing right. they possess. Ten commandments yeah. are there. Um, also, that's why temples are built. Like it's a huge thing. So they bring it out to help them win the battle. This is not something God told them to do. This is something they think will work. Okay. The Philistines steal the Ark of the Covenant. Something you'd want to like have an insurance on or something. Right? Yeah. So not only do the Philistines still steal the Ark of the Covenant, they then like take it around with them to different cities to like show it off. Uh huh. In every city they go, plagues follow and like bad stuff happens wherever the Ark goes. Mm. Which is like super cool. Have you ever heard that? I don't think so. It's like so interesting. It's like reading a novel, y'all. So after seven months, scripture says, uh, the Philistines are like, oh man, we got to give this back. We don't want anything to do it. It's like it's cursed with it. Yeah. So they give it back to the Israelites. Oh. Y'all. It's so interesting. Yeah. Um, also, P.S., when the Philistines steal the Ark, that's when Eli dies because he's lost his two sons in that battle. And when he hears the ark's missing, he it, scripture says he just fell over and died. So that's kind of how Samuel becomes in charge. Whoa. All this background. I'm telling you, I could go on and on. Yeah, you could. It's been a while, I think, since I've dug into that story. So yeah. the plague and, thing does sound familiar. I'm like, yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of reading like a fiction book, just pick up first Samuel. <laughs> you can read it in like 20 to 30 minutes probably. And it's so interesting. Okay. Back to service. Back to service. Chris is like, this is why I don't let someone else do this. <laughs> they go off on tangents. Um, okay. So we kind of talked, we kind of already talked about this, how Christians can tw twist the whole idea of serving. Yeah. Yeah. A little <clears throat> bit. So another example of this that I want to use, and maybe <laughs> deep down is a reason I picked to talk about Samuel in the first place. Um, and we didn't talk about this, but another reason that people wanted a king is because Samuel appointed his two sons as judges to follow in his footsteps. And scripture tells us that they were abusing their power. They tried to turn a prophet, they accepted bribes, and they perverted justice. So the people did not want them to follow and to lead. And so I think... Sometimes we see Christians twist the whole idea of serving because we want personal gain. Mm -hmm. 
because we're looking out for ourselves. Um, it's like Samuel's own sons. They had the greatest example to look up to. And instead they were kind of selfish and they did what benefited them and not what benefited everyone. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. Sadly, we see that a lot, especially in Christian leaders. Yeah. Taking advantage of power. Yeah. I mean, we see it in politics. We see it in churches. Um, unfortunately we're all humans and we're, we don't have this thing down even by now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) like all these years later, we still don't know how to utilize power in a positive way. Always. Nope. Maybe someday we'll get it (laughs) someday. Maybe. Okay. You gave a lot of wonderful examples of serving in your sermon. Can you name some of those? Yeah, this is the list I was making. That was so long. Okay. So bear with me. That's where they make bears to yeah. take to hospitals. I was hospitals. like, okay, I'll bear with you. I know it's a long list. <laughs> bear with me. Okay. Also bear with me ministry. Yeah. Prayer blankets and prayer shawls. So I talked about the kids nodding those blankets. And then there's also um, people who like knit straight up blankets too. Is that what it is? Do they knit, them? knit? Knit and crochet. Crochet. There we go. I don't. That's not a gift of mine. Uh, food packing, street side showers. Uh, we got to see on the video Katie Erickson, uh, who provides food to people at the day labor center. So mm-hmm. that was a really cool little thing to see. Actually, there are drivers here at the church who go around to different grocery stores and pick up food to take to food pantries every Saturday. Um, we have volunteers in the library, which... Everyone should check out the library. Mm -hmm. Always a good plug for the library. We have disaster relief team. We have the rebuilding team. We have Volt. We have the plane overnight warming center. Like there's just so many. Yeah. I could never cover it all. We have partner churches in Poland and Belize. We do a Thanksgiving basket ministry, Salvation Army Angel Tree. We're connected with all these Plano ISD schools where we help in the school. And then we do tutoring through Project Hope. I mean, so many things. So even if you think like, man, I'm not good at any of that, you can be good at one of Mm -hmm. them. Yes. I promise. Or Or you can be not good at it and try it anyway. Yes. Um, Serve also through like teaching, like our kids and our youth um, by being an usher or just greeting. Like that's a very simple. And I think, you know, when it comes to teaching, like the kids and youth, a lot of people think either like, well, I'm not in that phase anymore or like I'm too old for that or they won't like me or I don't know what to say. And, oh, man, you know, you'd be surprised at uh, the old church that I um, Lover's Lane that I served at. We had this old guy named Gary that was like our mascot of the youth group. So he was never married, never had kids, um, was like missing quite a few teeth like <laughs> just like the, i needed that for my image yeah. of gary okay and would wear he'd buy these like t-shirt packs that had matching socks he'd always wear white sneakers colored socks and then white shorts and then his t-shirt would match his socks wow. and then like a plain white but this man so he was like i don't know in his 70s he would he didn't have a car he would bike and bike and take a bus to like every kid's game like he would go to plays and games. So, okay, has no experience, never had kids. The kids loved him, loved him. And when he passed away, like they were crushed, you know? But um, I think it just shows like just because you feel like you don't have the same experience or, I mean, he was, I think when he started volunteering, he was probably in his 60s, like way past, but like, I don't know. I feel like we just have a lot of excuses. And you'd be surprised randomly how kids or students will connect with you 
And I think that's why I talked about the old goats um, because they are all, I mean, they do have kids and grandkids, but they're not in the program. Um, They have like little kids and older uh, or little grandkids and older kids. But these guys showed up Mm -hmm. all the time, not just for the construction stuff. Mm -hmm. They signed up and there's even um, a question we always ask students. uh, What's your favorite color toothbrush? Uh, Because one of the old goats would go around and randomly ask kids that uh, because that was his like entry level into conversation. Conversation. Uh, and it sounds real silly. I mean, how many colors can a toothbrush be? Right. What color is your toothbrush, Reagan? Uh, my electric? It's like white. It's yeah. Electric ones. Mine's, mine's black. It's electric, too. Um, so not super exciting, but it always led to more uh-huh. conversation. So it doesn't matter your age. Mm-mm. Or maybe you're a young adult and you're like, I feel like I'm the same age as like a... 10 year old, I surely couldn't teach them anything. Uh, But really, they just need someone else in their life Mm -hmm. that can help build them up. So volunteering in children and youth for sure is great. Yeah, we also need small group leaders uh, for adults like we can use you. Yeah, absolutely. I think God can use you. God can use you. But um, I, I think we get in this habit of, oh, that sounds like a cool opportunity. But, you know, someone else would be better at it or someone else will do it thing is like sometimes other people aren't if everyone's saying that yeah who's gonna do it then who's gonna do it and it's hard to commit it's hard to try something new it's hard to schedule time to do something uh but we think you can try it and it's okay Mm -hmm. to fail we're not asking you to serve and do it perfectly at least i'm not asking you to do that because i don't do it perfectly right i think it's good like um you know don't overcommit yourself that's why you kind of start small like maybe you start something that okay i'm gonna serve once a quarter, right? Or then you can move it to like, oh, I could do once a month or whatever, and yeah. then maybe. You, and so I don't know. I, I just want everyone to at least start somewhere. Start somewhere. And uh, Katie in the video made a great statement. She was like, you know, maybe you can't come serve here and pass out food. You can get on Amazon and order a box of granola bars and send them. And that's helpful. Um, So even those ways are serving. I think sometimes it's easy to roll our eyes at people who donate money or donate things, but sometimes that's their way of serving Mm -hmm. and we will take every form of service. Yeah. Um, I always love when parents model that for their kids or like when family serve together. Um, yeah. that's one thing I'm trying to work on Sunday mornings is like for greeters and ushers is like family serve together. Like yeah. kids can open doors, kids can pull out, can pass out bolt and moving to maybe family serving communion, you know, like, yeah, I don't know. Kids are capable. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think kids look to us too. They look to see what their parents are doing to serve. Mm-hmm. So not only are they capable of serving themselves, but those seeds are planted when they see us doing something. Uh, the, I have a 15 month old and the other day I'm, it's hard living with me. I like everything to be put in its place and cleaned up. <laughs> and he at 15 months old, he realizes that Miles knows like, Oh, mom's cleaning up stuff and he'll start cleaning up following me. Um, yesterday he spilled water everywhere because he's a child and yeah. children spill water. Yeah. Uh, and so I started wiping it up with a towel. And then a few minutes later, I look over and Miles has the towel on the floor and he's just wiping <laughs> everywhere. Um, so it starts at a young age that they see us. I'm not saying to get free labor out of your children, uh, but they, if we prioritize serving and they see us do that, they come alongside and do it too. Mm-hmm. Um, and so having those natural opportunities where they can do it, like serving as an usher or opening mm-hmm. doors. Um, Jana in serving others ministry in general, they have a ton of different ways that children that are family friendly, that mm-hmm. children can be involved in serving. Yeah, for sure. 
Okay. So how does the church suffer when we don't serve and how does the world suffer? Yeah. I think if as a church, we're not serving, um, we're looking inward, we're not looking outward Mm -hmm. and that's just not what we're called to do. We're not supposed to be me, me, me. Uh, yeah, we need to get ourselves right. We need to focus on prayer and discipleship, but also we can't just look in. We have to look out in the world. We can't silo ourselves away from other people. Um, I think that's biblical. I think it is true just in being a person in the world. Um, nobody likes a selfish person. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I think if we make it all about us, then we are not glorifying God and we're not pointing our lives back to God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The church definitely can get stunted in growth if people don't serve. Yeah. Uh, cause we really do need, like, I know the staff is paid to do this job, <laughs> but, um, I mean, being, a Christian and following this, this path of discipleship, like serving is such a key element. I mean, in the Methodist church, it's one of your vows. And so I think the church just can never reach its full potential. Like if people aren't, because you are gifted, you are equipped, like scripture is pretty clear about how, you know, God can use all of us and we all have certain gifts and those can be used. And so when those come together, I mean, the church can be such a vibrant, amazing place when people are engaged in serving. Yeah. I mean, all of those serving others ministries that we mentioned earlier, 90% of them are all led by congregation members. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily led by a staff person who's there every time. Um, And so we're able to be the hands and feet of Jesus out in the world because of the way our people step up and serve. And there's room. There's room for all of us. We Mm -hmm. can't just say like, "Eh, that's not really something for me. Like, Serving is part of all of us. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I like how you said that sermon. You're like, oh, that's my wife's thing. That's, and it's like, no, it's that's all of our things. It's us. So, <laughs> so and it's okay to keep trying. Like, yeah. you try something, you're like, oh, actually, that's not good. Like, try something else. Right. And I would encourage people too that sometimes it's easy to say, you know, I don't really get along with that group of people who are doing that service <laughs> thing. Um, and sometimes it's going to be uncomfortable and maybe you don't get along with them, but do you get something out of serving? Do you believe God's being glorified in that moment? Like there are different things that we need to consider in those mm-hmm. moments. Also, everyone should like everyone and serving <laughs> with one another is super fun. <laughs> if you want to meet people also great entry level. Yeah. Okay. Um, as you close, do you have any last like serving experience that you wanted to share that maybe like transformed you? So I grew up doing, um, construction based mission trips, um, starting in sixth grade actually. Uh, and I even went back as a young adult too. And I would just say that, uh, as a sixth grader, I was able to go outside and paint a house (laughs) and it really changed a family's life. Um, they had peeling paint, they felt judged. They felt like they didn't have the means to provide any better. Uh, and so even the smallest thing can make a huge difference in someone's life. I've, um, prayed with people in all different cities kind of surrounding like the Texas, Oklahoma, Arkansas, Louisiana area because of these opportunities. I've heard stories. I've had relationships. I couldn't tell you most of their names now. Um, but I know in that moment, it was a holy thing, not just for me, not just for them, but God's spirit was working in those moments. Um, here personally, uh, outside of the church, we've talked a lot about church serving. Mm-hmm. Uh, I enjoy going to the North Texas food bank and packing food or sorting food. Uh, I am, uh, I mentioned I like organization. <laughs> and so for me, that's a 
compartmentalizing thing that I'm able to sit and do and feel like not only am I making a difference, but I'm able to like see it visually, which mm-hmm. is really helpful for me. Um, and afterwards they're like, you packed enough food to serve, blah, 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 right. <laughs> which is cool to hear. It's cool to like be able to put a number on that. Um, because I like sorting, like I'm doing something I enjoy and I do it by myself. And I always know, like get to know random people there from all different walks of life, uh, which is really cool too. So even if you're like, man, not sure about the whole church serving thing. There are so many ways out around us to serve. The North Texas Food Bank actually just opened in the past few years, their location here in Plano. Mm -hmm. So it's like right down the street. Yep. No, that's a good example. Yeah. Yeah. What about you? Do you have any serving things that you like Um, in particular? I'm trying to think. Um, VBS is always fun too. Yeah. Around kids. Yeah. Little things like, yeah, I mean, they're not, they're little and big. Um, (laughs) Yeah, I always really enjoyed volunteering with the youth group. Like even, so I started in youth ministry at Lover's Lane. And then even when I transitioned to a new position, I still volunteered because I felt like it was really important. Yeah. And uh, so I always, because just that intentional, I think that's why sometimes I struggle with mission trips. Like when you just kind of parachute in and then you leave. Yeah, yeah. And so the whole like being with kids like weekly and mm-hmm. knowing their story and then going to their stuff through the week and like being in contact with them. Like you feel like you're actually, I don't know, that's just been really transformational for me. And now like they're almost graduating college and some of them have gotten married now. It's just, I don't yeah. know. It's just fun to see them grow up, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I think serving connects us with one another. Um, even if you do kind of parachute in, in that moment you're connected mm-hmm. and in these sustainable things you are too. And I think that uh, the spirit of God is moving in those, which is cool. Yeah. It's what it's all about. Yes. Okay. Well, I think that's all I have for our conversation today. Great. This was fun. Yeah. Per usual. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So uh, we'll be back next week. This Sunday is our big Christ United Fair. So we've got food trucks and games and the pumpkin patch will be open. So it's going to be a great, great weekend. We're celebrating people that have joined during COVID. So we're going to actually... See them. See them. At least some of them. Some of them. So we'll celebrate them. So it's just, it's going to be a fun Sunday. So we hope you can make it. And then you'll join us next week for next week's podcast. And you'll have a wonderful week. God bless. Bye. Thanks for joining us for this episode off script. It was hosted by Reverend Chris Dowd and Reverend Reagan Gilland. You can visit cumc.com backslash podcasts in order to see all of the series we have available. Like, subscribe, and follow us so that you don't miss a single episode. Thank you for supporting us. Have a great week.